Hey, elementary um, and middle school, you guys are both dismissed to head, head down. Hey, today we're going to uh, just kind of continue in this vein of uh, transformation. We're going to have an opportunity to hear um, a little bit of a, a story from uh, a couple, um, Brad and Heidi Durham. Um, that are going to come and share a little bit about their life and their journey and what that's looked like in the last uh, few years specifically. Um, but one of the things we like to do is um, just bring folks up here um, who are putting in the work. Um, a lot of people want to change or like the idea of change, um, but some people, you know, not very many people are willing to dive in to the healing process, um, to go to counseling, to face, um, you know, some of their wounds and trauma they've had in life and and to work and create new ways of patterns of operating, not just staying stuck in the same ruts, broken ruts, um, that haven't led to success and thriving in their life. And so Brad and Heidi um, are diving in, and um, they're not finished products, um, but none of us are. But I just want to have an opportunity to interview them a little bit this morning and let, the, let you kind of hear what God's been doing in their life. So bring them on up. Let's give them a round of applause. Come on. Actually, um, Heidi called me and said, hey, Bob, could you interview me? Um, that'd be great if I could come up on stage and just have to talk a lot. <laughs> That's not what she did at all. <laughs> but I'm grateful that she's willing. So, um, so I wanted to start, um, if you could kind of just describe um, what in, in some books, um, mar on marriage books, they call it the crazy cycle, right? The place where we just, as a couple, maybe if you, those of you that are married, you kind of can get this. It's like the place where you always tend to end up. It's like the same argument year after year, <laughs> um, and you end up in the same places all the time. And so for you, what's been kind of the crazy cycle in your marriage? Um, I feel like we probably hopped on the crazy cycle pretty early. Probably like Day even, one. Yeah. <laughs> um, for us, it was definitely, I mean, the book is Love and Respect, that definitely talks about the crazy cycle. And for us, um, you'll see as we do this interview that I'm not very good with my words. I'm not the best communicator. And so um, the pattern in our marriage is my really disrespectful tone and my sarcasm, which Brad really takes as disrespect. And I think um, his drive, which is what attracted me to him, but in his hardcore like doer personality um, sometimes is interpreted to me as he doesn't always have time for me because you know he started a business and um, it takes a lot of time so then I will kind of translate that as he doesn't love me so then we just get in this vicious cycle of like Brad will say Heidi there you go shooting venom again because mm -hmm. I shoot venom and I think he doesn't love me a lot <laughs> <laughs> gotcha what about for you? How would you describe it? Well, I have to have notes. So she's, she's way smarter than I am. Um, so love and respect for Heidi and I. Um, respect is something that I don't even know. That's one thing we talked about last night in our relationship. I don't even know that I, I like have this presence of like she feels like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to perform because you're commanding this respect from me. And I, I don't even realize it. It's not like I'm like, hey, 
do this woman or, you know, do this, do this. I, you know, I don't care. She can have spaghettios on the table when I get home at night, you know, or nothing on the table. It's, it's nothing like that. It's just this presence of like, she feels like, oh my gosh, I got to have all this stuff ready. And I'm in, and I'm, I'm kind of oblivious to that. Unknowingly, she feels this. And so when I might come home from a long day at work, she is like trying to make sure everything is perfect, trying to make sure everything is done. And that sometimes then when I don't recognize that, when I don't see that, because I'm not even aware that I'm demanding this, <clears throat> she, um, she feels really unloved, like unappreciated. And so when she feels unloved, that's when that venom comes out or that's when the comments come out. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, whoa. This, this idea, like, I'm like, I did, I'm, not, I'm not mad at you. I'm not upset with you. And so that, we're already two steps into the crazy cycle because she has felt unloved, unknowing that I'm even doing this, and then I'm feeling disrespected. And so the cycle's just getting ready to wind up, all right? It's like at a two, and it's getting ready to go to a four, then a six, and just disrespect, unloved, disrespect, unloved. And, you know, that's probably the biggest thing is just not even being aware of that situation. It's winding up without us even knowing. Yeah. And so where did that kind of that cycle kind of leave you guys in terms of your relationship? What, um, I guess, kind of behaviors came out as a result of you guys missing each other? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, Brad and Heidi don't argue very well. So, I mean, this is sad to say, but we've had to repair holes in our wall because we, it's toxic. I mean, it's not the prettiest fights at all. Brad can get to a 10 and I can get to a 10. And he's going to win and I'm going to win. So then to like wrap up the argument's hard because I'm like, no, I'm going to get the last word in. He's like, no, I'm going to get the last word in. So it just, it's ugly. Mm. Yeah. And I would, I would say the, I think the, the thing that, you know, and I've been, and we'll talk more about this, but I've been meeting with Bob the last, what, three or four years. And I think one of the biggest things is, yeah, I mean, the idea of we have to win. I mean, again, we're both been athletes. We've both been driven people our whole life. And that idea is just so, so detrimental for two people who, when they get into that cycle of not even realizing they're there, winning becomes the number one thing. And so one more word from her, one more word from me, one more word for her. And that's when it just keeps climbing. Yeah. Good. So tell me a little bit about um, how the Holy Spirit has begun to kind of pull on your hearts here in the last couple of years kind of towards healing um, because obviously this is not a place you wanted to stay and you felt stuck mm -hmm. so what did God begin to do to begin to shift this story this narrative um, for me I feel like the Holy Spirit really started in 2019 um, we have three kids and I and Knox and Bear and um, our third baby sweet little spicy bear um, I wasn't we didn't think we were gonna have another baby nope. so <laughs> When Bear came along, um, it really rocked my socks. And I feel like I totally lost control because um, I really enjoy being in control and I could control two kids. So um, when I had Bear, I just, I told Brad all the time, like, I don't have my bearings. I can't get a grip of three kids. And then I started believing this lie of like, everybody else can handle three kids. I mean, people are fostering and adopting kids. You can't even handle three. And so the lies just flooded in. Um, just the complete loss of control. And in the past, I feel like um, I was probably able to work through like control and um, my mind and the toxic thoughts by like obsessively cleaning 
or um, exercising. Well, with three kids, I can't obsessively clean anymore. I can't do all those things that I wanted to do. So now my brain was like spiraling out of control. And Brad, he told me numerous times, like, Heidi, why don't you go talk to somebody? Why don't you go talk to someone? I was like, Brad, I saw a counselor before we got married. Like, I don't need to go see another counselor. And I almost like would get mad at him. We got in a lot of fights about that. Yeah, because I would be like, okay, let's go fix Heidi again. When are you going to get fixed? <laughs> and so then. After just... Bear, I got fixed, okay? <laughs> <clears throat> oh, mercy. So anyways, it just led to a lot of um, bad thoughts. And then that's when we started the Mind of Christ series. Mm -hmm. And sitting there, I knew it was one of those things where I could see like Brad staring at me like, they're talking about you, Heidi. And so we would go home and he'd be like, hey, they're going to start this, you know, was it just like support group? Yeah, yeah the support, support group and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, Brad's like, I think you should really do this. And again, I would say no with BeFit and, you know, Bear loves his mama. I can't really make time to do this. But it was something that Brad really kept saying. And again, the Holy Spirit stepped in and it just worked out where I was able to come. And it was one of those things where I really connected to what everyone said, but I still didn't necessarily know what to do about it. And then COVID hit. So I feel like I had just the year of 2020 with, again, feeling out of control my thoughts, I always, I mean, I would do good and then I would have conversations with Brad. And I remember even like going like this and being like, I just hate my mind, I hate my brain. You have no idea what goes in my brain every day. And I remember, you know, trying to keep my composure with the kids and I would go in my room and I would really quickly say out loud, I can't do this and like cry, but then I would stop my tears. I'm like, don't deal with it, just keep going. And then um, he had mentioned talking to um, a counselor, Sherry, and again, I would say, Brad, one, I really don't want to spend the money. Two, we don't have time. Who's going to watch the kids with our schedules? And then a member at BeFit, um, who I didn't really even know, um, it was, we had a Christmas Eve workout, and she said, hey, I have a book for you. And it was called Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen, and it was all about um, stopping the spiral of toxic thoughts. And I remember like crying when she gave me that book because I thought, oh, this is the Holy Spirit because I don't even know this member very well. And she's giving me a book about something that I'm really struggling with. Mm -hmm. And then like literally two weeks later, another member of the gym who, again, I didn't know very well, she said, hey, Heidi, I was at Aldi the other day, Aldi, and for some reason, God said I needed to pray with you. So in the gym, she pulled me aside and she prayed. She's like, can I pray for you? Is that awkward? I was like, no, please pray. And literally her prayer was exactly what I needed to hear as a mom. And again, my thoughts. And it was totally the Holy Spirit. So like sitting in the mind of Christ class, not know, like connecting, but not knowing what I could do. I feel like the Holy Spirit gave me this book, gave me this girl in the gym that prayed for me. And then I think it was one night that I was like, okay, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna call Sherry. And so then in January, um, I got to see Sherry. And I remember telling Brad, like the night before I saw Sherry, I was like, I think I'm gonna cancel my appointment because I don't know what I'm gonna say. And he's like, <laughs> I don't think it's your job to figure out what you're gonna say. And so 
talking to Sherry, um, there's always a part of my story that I think I neglected. And I remember talking to her and telling her that I was sexually abused as a young kid. I really don't like saying this. I'm sure. And I remember just crying because I think for my whole life I told myself it wasn't a big deal. And it, I had like loving parents who helped me, but I just preferred to push it down because I told myself it wasn't a big deal. And I just remember crying and I remember Sherry looking at me and saying, Heidi, this is a big deal. And then I walked out and he called me and he's like, hey, how was your time with Sherry? And I said, I don't know. And I bawled on the phone, which I don't cry. I don't like to cry. Brad always says, would you just cry? Because I don't. <laughs> Let the tears flow, girl. <laughs> but I remember um, crying all day long and like not being able to stop crying. And so then we went to bed. I like nudged Brad. I was like, hey, I think I'm supposed to see Sherry again. <laughs> <laughs> so then all of 2021, I got to see Sherry and Olivia Nichols came up to me the same time I'm like starting the process with Sherry and she asked me to be in a small group. Again, something kind of out of my comfort zone because it was going to be a totally Holy Spirit led group. And the first thing we did for the first part was just kind of share our stories. And I've shared my story before, but I've always left out that one piece. And so I was like, I really am not going to share this story. And so I was the last one to share and um, I was able to share that part. And so I feel like... Um, since then, like just being able to process um, hurt and dealing with um, stuff that I've never dealt with before and being able to process with, her, with Brad also um, helped us just realize that, okay, this piece of my story that I kind of didn't want it to be a big deal was really affecting every aspect of our marriage. Mm, yeah. Well, man, you're courageous. Really, I'm, I'm just so grateful for your willingness to, to dive in and just to be obedient to that because I'm sure that was just extremely hard for you. But um, I want to shift over to Brad a little bit and talk just a little bit about what the Spirit was doing in you kind of at the same time. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, so it was around three or four years ago also for myself. Um, a member and I were headed to Chipotle for lunch. And... Um, we walked in, and, and Bob, being Bob, who eats at Chipotle daily, was eating Chipotle that day there with another member here. And um, as I walked by, I said, hi, and he ignored me. Um, so obviously, with somebody who kind of battles with this idea of respect, I was like, all right, that's not cool. Um, but, and, and also coming from my background, um, you know, I came from the, the country church. Uh, my dad's a minister. Like, preachers like for me as a kid, we're like that really cool superhero you want to be like, hey, this is my, this is my preacher I want to introduce everybody to. Um, you know, and I just, I just remember that pattern as a kid for me and watching people be so excited to, to introduce people to my dad, you know, introduce their friends to my dad being, a, being the pastor of the church. And um, so when Bob, unknowingly to me, he had just lost his mentor, um, Tim Nixon, who was my eighth grade science teacher and was a great guy. Um, I didn't know this, but Bob's trying to process and he's trying to deal with this stuff. And I'm like, holy cow, man, I got a friend here who I'd love to bring him to Wellspring, but if you're going to be like this, no thanks. So this is all going through my head. 
Um, so we went on Hedge Polly that day, and then I called uh, Devin Kearns on the way home. And I said, Devin, this is what happened. I said, what do I do? I'm, I'm livid right now. He was calling. It's like, really? He's like, yeah, just call it. So I called Bob. Um, <laughs> you guys got an idea where this is going, don't you? Um, I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm just in the office. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Can I come see you? He's like, yeah. Um, so I came down here. And, um, you know, in my college days, and I mean, I was never a big, I, I mean, I yelled a little bit, but uh, I, I, was, I was ready to be very um, confrontational with Bob. Um, you guys probably would never call your pastor what I called Bob that day in his office. Um, but Bob goes, okay, I probably deserve that. And he's able to give me that grace when he literally lost, like, the father figure of his life. And you don't like to cry. I don't like to cry either. <laughs> you cry more than me. Just as a side note, the whole time that we were, you know, he came into my office, I was like, I could probably take this guy. <laughs> Just so no, he, nobody needs to worry about he, me. He, did, he, he flipped the desk over, took his shirt off. Um, but um, his ability to give grace amongst one of his hardest times probably of his life to me. No one's ever, ever been able to do that for me. Um, so, God needed to bring those walls down between Bob and I for his process to start healing my heart. Um, you know, and uh, from that day, Bob and I have either met, we, we were running together, guys. I couldn't keep up with him, okay? Just this guy, that guy, it just doesn't work. Um, so we started walking together, and then, <laughs> and now we just meet, okay? Now we just meet in the office again. But, um, but Bob, um, we, we forged a relationship from that day forward, and the Holy Spirit used probably him as one of his hardest times to just give me grace and accept me and that literally has helped take down so many walls. Like I've told him things that, you know, no other mentor in my life has heard. Nobody else has ever, because I've never felt that place where I know he truly cares about me. And I think that that's the thing that Romans is talking about where it talks when it says, it's by his kindness that we are drawn near. And, and so that is the, that is the, um, kindness that Bob, because of the Holy Spirit, was able to exhibit to me that day. And um, I mean, we've done a lot of work on your story, right? A ton. Yeah. We, we, we've come we've, we've dug in. So what, yeah. I guess for both of you guys, what are some things that you've become aware of yeah. um, that's helped you to move forward and, and um, yeah, just break some of the cycles um, in, your, in your marriage and in your life in general? What has is, what is the Holy Spirit revealed to you that's been helpful for you? Also, we'll start with Brad. Okay. And the awareness that I, I gained from that, guys, um, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. And that's where I, I finally put the wall down. I put the, I put the state down and I said, no one will be able to hurt me anymore. Um, I remember getting, you know, 
when I was in kindergarten, I remember getting punched and beat up on the bus. I remember in first grade getting gum stuck in my hair. I remember, you know, in third grade when we moved to Bolivar, getting made fun of. I can tell you, and this came out between Bob and I's conversations, I can tell you the names of the kids and what they did to me. Now the big kid, you know, everybody made fun of the fat kid. I mean, that's what it was. And um, so, <laughs> well, I think one of the things that we, we realized out of that was that you had this, this deep wound of just, um, just being hurt. And so you hurt. put up this kind of self-protective wall, this defense mechanism that you weren't going to let anybody get close and have that access to your heart again. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah. Most certainly. And that's, that's what, as we talked about this, is how did I process this? I, I started at sixth grade, I remember doing it. I commanded respect. I was gonna command respect and nobody was gonna see me fail. And I know that's really young to come to that point, but I was able to um, dive myself so deeply into athletics that, and I can see a pattern from sixth grade forward, um, everything was about being that, you know, all-state player, that all-American in college, that professional player. And nobody was gonna, nobody, was gonna see me fail. And so translating that over into our marriage, I'm like, oh my gosh, if I command this respect and this level of, of you know, like a play or a level of living, I'm commanding this of my wife. And she is feeling like, oh my gosh, I will never live up to this. Because I'm, I'm snotting everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, so you had this expectation yeah, for your I, own life. My, my own life, and everybody else had to come. Everybody else. everybody else had to come up here. Everybody, teammates, wife, kids, mm -hmm. has to live. Thank you. Has to. <laughs> has to. Uh, has to live up here. Thanks and for being so, strong for him, Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, it's one of those things. Like, oh my gosh, and this has kind of like really come out in the last like three years of like, holy cow, I didn't know I was doing this. You know, I didn't know, like, I remember people saying, hey, you're, you're not cocky, you're confident. Well, that confidence was false. And it really drove a lot of wedges in, in our marriage. And so uh, I'm, tr I'm trying to become more and more aware of areas where I do put people to this level of, of, of the standard that it's never going to be attained. And, um, and I'm sure... People have walked away from relationships with me, friendships with me, feeling, man, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not able to live up to what he's asked. And so, like, I mean, I'm sorry. That is to suck. Mm, yeah. Well, and one, of the, one of the things that, I mean, Brad and I are able to connect so well is because we're, we're wired almost exactly the same and deal with a lot of yeah. the same issues. And so when, when I share something and he shares something, I mean, I can just relate exactly to what that looks like and then the same struggles that I have um, in leadership and life too. So can you tell us about kind of the um, awakening that you had a couple of weeks ago in that in, in encounter, the engagement you guys were having with one another where you realized, yeah, yeah, I think that was just a really vital moment. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, Brad called me and we just had, um, he was kind of dealing with some more hurt and um, he called me and he was like kind of processing with me on the phone and again 
Brad's a little slower processing. I'm like, let's keep going, let's talk a lot. And so I can sense that he was like hurt and I also like had a lot to say. So I was just kind of shooting out of the mouth and honestly like too, like the fact that he was hurt really bothered me too. So then I even kind of like talked even faster and more. And Brad was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And we could see that we were going back down in this spiral. And he was like, why are you getting so mad? Why are you going so hard? Just stop for a minute. And then I, I cried on the phone because I was like, I am so tired of people hurting you. I can't do this anymore. And then he realized, oh, she's doing this because I'm hurting. And so through that, we realized, okay, this is a situation where we process completely different. Brad needs more time. He needs to take notes. He needs to you know, separate for a little bit. He needs to talk to people. Let him take a while to get to his words where I'm like, Phoom! let's just, I wanna talk through my processing. And so we realized right in that moment, like we never knew that. We've been married for, it'll be 13 years. We never knew we processed differently. Mm. And I think that was just a huge light for us to realize, okay, like now in the future, I know he might need to repeat the same darn tootin' thing 500 times, and instead of getting mad and be like, really, you wanna talk about this again? Mm. Like, I need to let him do that because that's how he processes. Yeah. And I need to be more quiet. And, but also her processing, understanding that that's not a form of disrespect to me because she does come across aggressively sometimes with her, with her processing. She does, get very animated and sometimes I do I, I feel like it's towards me and I'm like whoa 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 I, uh, this isn't me like don't don't put a hole in the wall because of me like you know I'm like <laughs> she you know it, it's, it's one of those things of like I have to realize that her harshness in, the, in, in this situation her harshness was never towards me her harshness was because she wanted to defend me and I took that wrong I take that as no, you're, put, you're coming after me. Mm -hmm. No, she's, she's frustrated with the situation with the people. And so it's, it's, I have to be like, okay, I have to step back and understand that she is so respectful mm -hmm. and she is so loving because she wants to protect me and she wants to care for me. And that's probably one of the things that has come up so many times in our arguments in our years of being married is she's like, why don't you know that I just love you? Why don't you just know that I want to protect you. I want to care for you. And, you know, it's because of the years of hurt. And not even realizing that hurt doesn't allow me to be loved. Yeah, and receive that kind of care. Yeah, exactly. Receive yeah, that so care. One of, the, one of the key things I hope you guys can take away from this time this morning is that I don't think they've, they would have been able to have that kind of conversation five, six, seven, eight, ten years ago because their hurt was so... Um, on the surface and triggered so easily um, that they just couldn't even relate to one another, couldn't, couldn't believe the best about each other. Um, to see beneath maybe, I don't like the way that's coming across, but what's the heart behind it? All you could see is, I don't like the way they're coming across. And then that, that elicited a reaction, which led to the argument, right? So um, just how critical that is, that as we get healing in our life, um, that we're able to 
just, yeah, be more graceful. Look for the, the better part of what's really being said here, what's really behind this. And so it was only through a lot of work that you were able to get to, which, I mean, the way you described it the other day in the office is just like, what a huge moment it was for us to be able to realize that. Because, man, if we can, we can say that on the surface and not go down that road again, just how much heartache we're, we're saving one another. So, hey, for time's sake, we're going to have to wrap up. Um, I do just want to share with you guys... The last question I was going to ask was just about kind of what advice would they give to you guys, but I think you can tell from their story um, where things really started to change was when they really started bringing in community from other people. Um, they got involved and connected in, in groups. Um, some of it was some reading and um, obviously just the Holy Spirit um, moving in their lives, but uh, pursuing mentors um, and just really being willing to be vulnerable, you know? Um, and we talked about that in baptisms this morning. Um, being vulnerable is the key. Guys, Jesus was vulnerable, right? He came to this earth as a baby. <laughs> he hung on a cross naked with nothing. Like his whole story from, from birth to death was about vulnerability. There is no other way to connect with God and others except through a vulnerable relationship. And some of us have been hurt so much that it's hard to get there. But I just want to encourage you, like, don't don't allow Satan to rob you of the life that you're supposed to be living. Not only you personally in connection with God, but, but you within your relationships with others, your, your spouse, your children, like they deserve the best of you. Um, and you do too. Um, and so, man, if you need help, we'd love to help you on that journey towards healing. Um, it's been exciting for me to watch their story grow. I knew some of the troubles that they had just in my time talking with Brad and to see where they are now. Not that it's perfect, but it's a long way from where they were and it's heading in the right direction with the right support system around them. So let's give it up for Brad and Heidi this morning. Thanks guys. Thank you. We're going to shift into uh, communion time here as we wrap up this morning. Um, and so if we can get some folks to just kind of help get the, the chairs off the stage and get things reset back up. Band, you guys can go ahead and head back up there as we're talking. So um, I don't know how the Lord spoke to you today. We've had a lot kind of going on here. Um, but I just pray that, um, that you would just take a step. Um, if, if God has stirred something in your heart today, maybe that's, hey, next time there's baptism, I need to be up there. Um, maybe it's, I need to be connected with some other people, or I need to begin working on my own story some and getting some healing so that I'm not continuing the cycles of just brokenness in my relationships. Um, if you need somebody to pray with you, I'd be happy to do that today as well um, and just walk with you moving forward. Um, we've only got a short time on this earth, guys. Our life here is just a breath, Scripture says, right? Let's not stay stuck in places where we're not our, our best self and able to really reflect. Because what happens when we're wounded and we're broken is that we, are very, we become very self-consumed. We can't really care for other people and love other people well because there's so much going on inside of us that's just a mess that it's very hard for us to be present with other people, to really hear other people, to empathize with other people because we're so broken and wounded ourselves. We don't have the capacity for that. And so God needs us to be healthy so that we can, um, you know, love other people well to Jesus. So 
As we do communion this morning, some of you guys are new here. Um, our ushers will dismiss you here in a moment. You'll come down. We'll have servers up here. You can tear the bread off and dip it in the cup and then take it. Um, we'll also have a gluten-free option down here on the end. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time today. What a magnificent just journey <laughs> from seeing um, just young children, uh, six, seven years old, that that understand your story enough to, to get that, that we're all broken, that we need a Savior, and, and willing to, to submit their life to that, all the way up to adults who, you know, have known you for a long time, but, but just so unaware of their own pain, their own hurt, and, um, and just it needed, took some time to, to begin to deal with that, and to have the community, and, and just to be at a place where they were ready to, to listen, ready to engage, ready to face some things. Um, God, you are so good and so patient, and you're so committed to our healing, um, and you're so broken for our pain. God, you look down on this world and all the stuff that's going on in, in this world, and your heart hurts. And so, God, I pray that we remember that you're a tender God that's full of compassion. Um, just speak to us this morning as we, we become quiet before you. 